0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast.
1: Okay, so that tone, you know the one I'm talking about. Your child's words um, may seem benign, but um, that's really not what you're hearing in that voice. You you just see, You're, you're wanting to go a little ballistic at that tone. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. And the uh, the encouragement is, don't lose your cool, mom and dad. Make sure your kids understand the rules ahead of time. That is a key, Danny. And I wish I would have learned that one a lot sooner than I did.
2: Right. And I like the word ballistic there, John. <laughs>
1: ballistic, <laughs> ballistic missiles. That was flying, suggested right? to me by, by Tammy, our producer.
2: <laughs> That's great. Good word. Uh, yeah, you, you want to review the expectations. What's interesting here, though, is that, Moms and dads rarely agree on the boundaries right offhand, just naturally. Personalities are different. Uh, They've been raised differently. They may not agree on the full deal. Make sure you're not showing that in front of the kids because that disrespect grows with
1: that. Well, and if the kids sense a hole that they can manipulate, they'll drive a truck through that thing real fast, won't they?
2: They will. And they will use some tones to to gain the favor of one parent or another. So know that... Uh, when your child is doing that, don't take it personally. Certainly help them maybe with the, hey, you can try that again with respect peace, <laughs> or uh, just helping them know that this is something that's expected. You're not asking, please, hey, please get this done. It's, It's time to get this
1: done. Mm. Well, uh, this is not a problem for me. It might be a problem for you. And if so, I hope you'll listen in as we hear from, and I'm being facetious, of course, as we hear from Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. They talked with Focus President Jim Daly and me about that disrespect and uh, nipping it in the bud.
3: Talk about the fact that failure in our lives, especially as young people, teach us such profound things and give us character. And that's right in the Bible. It's absolutely in the Bible. And and the autonomy that is, if people could really see how God
4: does this and realize that's the way he wants us to do it. If you go back to Genesis, very interesting. We never see this. God tells Adam to go name the animals. And then it says, and then the Lord watched the man to see what he would name them. Mm. And the whole thing of parenting where parents are stepping in and doing things for the kids instead of letting them struggle, Mm -hmm. figure it out for themselves, have to fail a few times, and sending them back, giving them a little help. You raise healthy kids by giving them two things, warmth and high expectations. Mm. And this whole culture out there about your kid's special just because they show up It's a big, big problem, and the whole emphasis, I don't want to hurt their little self-esteem. Kids have self-esteem, which is a bad concept anyway, but but kids have a good self-image because they're competent, and you raise confident, healthy kids by building skills and competencies, not by telling them
3: they're special just because they show up. Well, you know, so often we're talking here about prolonged adolescence and the Mm, fact that 20-something, particularly boys, 20-something boys, are acting like teenagers rather than 20-something men. And you know where we hear it from? We hear it from the 28, 30, 32-year-old single women Mm. that they can't find any adults to date. But here's my point in that, Henry, is that so often we're pointing our finger at them saying, how could you act like this? But we should turn that finger toward ourselves as parents and say, you created that Mm. to a large degree. Even
0: with a kid that age, the best thing you can do instead of feeling hopeless like nothing can happen here is to say, what can I do to love this person and be for them and on their team, Well, what can I do to help them increase their accountability for their lives? And you can do that with a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, so you, there's just it's never too late for them.
3: The other thing that occurs in that situation as well is that the child can feel that you're just always on them and that right. the the bond of love, at least from their perspective, is broken. Uh, it's what they feel. They feel that it's only about the rules that I need to perform in order to get your love, mm-hmm. and then you're on a pathway to disaster. Yeah,
0: and a lot of times, that's not the result of the rules being the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the problem of the not having the warmth. Is, as a parent, you've gotta be strict and say, here's house rules, here's what I expect in grades and conduct and all that. But are you taking initiative to enter their world, to ask them how it was today and to ask them what they want to do and let's go do something and let's go get ice cream and work out together, whatever. But as much as you put down the rules, you've got to put that much more warmth in the equation. Mm-hmm. The kids need both.
4: It's all throughout the Bible. You know, it's, Romans says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Right. And so the formula is always a two-step. Connect before giving any kind of rules or expectations. If you're giving rules without relationship, it leads to rebellion. Absolutely, you cannot do that. That's the law. The law makes things worse, not Mm -hmm. better. But grace is not the absence of standards. Grace is an empowering love and a helping somebody to have the abilities to do
3: what you're expecting. Another law that you talk about is the law of respect, and that's in your book, Boundaries with Kids. Um, This one, touches me close to home again because i think at times if there's something our boys will do it's that burst of disrespect especially toward mom and uh, i don't tend to get a lot of that but it it troubles both of us but really troubles gene and we engage it i think there's a psychologist on secular radio uh james lehman who talks about changing your kid in 60 seconds and uh What are some things you can do in this area when your kids are a little older, probably, you know, 9 to 12, maybe that preteen and certainly those teen years where respect becomes a big issue within the household? Because uh, you've been pretty good about the rules, the rules, the rules. Hopefully, you've expressed love. Respect's more subtle. But respect is a deeper and more subtle issue. You're right.
0: In a book I wrote called Boundaries of the Teens, I have a whole section on disrespect because adolescence is the disrespecting time and if you've got a pre-adolescent 10 11 12 it starts to hit why is that first of all why is that being expressed by that particular uh, well god put that into the equation in terms of that's the time when they're taking the values they've learned from you because, you know, before that age, they were soaking up your values and who you are and what God is and what family is. And now it's time to rethink that and think, well, what do I really believe so that they can do the leaving and cleaving process that God talks about in Genesis 2. This is when they're working out, how much do I take from what you're saying and how much do I not take? They're becoming like a grown-up, so it's a, it's a messy time. But I break down the respect issue into three categories, um, actions and words and tone. And you've got to have a clarity. You and your spouse sit down and say, here's what we need in terms of actions. In other words, if you don't like my rule, you can't walk out and slam the door if you don't like it. That's an action. That's a disrespectful action. There'll be a consequence for that. You don't have to like the rule, but you close the door quietly. Tone of voice is that disrespectful tone, and you know it. And if the kid says, I don't know what you mean, you have to do it for the kid and say, there's this sneer in your voice. And you have to be able Jim, you're doing it right yeah. now. I feel so disrespected. <laughs> and so you have, to, you have to actually model and say that we don't do this in their house. And the other is words, words. There are certain words we don't use, like you idiot, and you give them that list. And if you break it down into those categories, then the child just can't say you're being too vague about this. But you've got to nip disrespect in the bud while at the same time preserving their right to say in respectful ways, I don't think that's a fair rule. I don't like it, I don't agree with it. There are ways you can do
4: that. And they're sometimes respectful. they're right. And sometimes they're right. You know, that protest, even at pretty early ages, if you respect it and you're listening, I want my kids to know that they've got a first pass back. And say, well, I don't like, well, well tell me why. And there are many, many times they you know, you're right, I didn't think about it that way. Let's figure out another way to do it. And then they also learn that when you mean it, you mean it. If sometimes they have the ability to teach you something, and, and negotiate, that's really good. What you don't want is you don't want a character that is always pushing and negotiating and can't receive none. Well, you've heard that
1: elsewhere, I'm sure, but rules without relationship can lead to rebellion. That really is a great concept to keep in mind as you parent your child. And we just heard from two counselors that are adamant that you as a parent have to stop disrespectful actions, words, and tones... Um, before you can expect your kids to do that. In laying down the rules, it is important to make sure that you have a strong relational connection with your son or daughter. Uh, The two have to go hand in hand. How do we do that, Danny?
2: They do. And, John, even before that, there needs to be a safe learning environment, just safety, basic safety and provision in the home. And then you have relationship where you're spending time together, you're, you're having conversation, you're respecting one another. And that can take a lot of refining a lot of time. It's not perfect, for sure. There, there will always be conflict in the home until we go to heaven. So just know that. It's not going to be a perfect family. Not even in Scripture, there, there are a lot of messy families. Mm-hmm. Then when you move past that relationship part on a continuum, you see that relationships lead to good boundaries. And you have to bring boundaries, limits to a variety of things. Our body even has limits. Our skin creates Uh, that boundary that our body needs to exist, our whole universe is built around that. And to remind kids of that, that having, playing a game, I, I love using this one frequently with kids. If we played basketball and there were no rules, it would not be a fun game. If you played football and there were no rules initially, you'd say, oh, that'd be a lot of fun. But it really would become very frustrating and people would get angry a home is the same thing. You need, it can be lots of fun, but you need rules, you need, you need boundaries, you need, you need parameters within that relationship that you guys are having a common goal together that you want to have the child grow up, have more, of, more control on their own, more trust, experience life at its fullest within that you need some parameters
1: yeah and i i've had somebody that um helped me understand that it's good for me to affirm vocally that listen i'm in your corner i'm all about helping you grow up and get to success in life i'm all about as your as your dad i'm all about equipping you it doesn't mean i give you everything you want but i'm in your corner i want to support you i want to help you and we're gonna have times where we have different opinions about what that mm. looks like, but just know that when we talk, it's because I have a heart for you. It's not yes. that I'm just being capricious about well, ten o'clock because ten o'clock right. because ten o'clock, right? I mean you get, right. you've got to you gotta yeah. really go out of your way, it seems these days to affirm verbally where you're at in the relationship.
2: And your child may look unhappy. Don't don't take that as a threat. Uh, you, they're coming up against a fence that they may not be super excited about. And that's okay. They're yeah. adjusting to that reality. And maybe you can ask a question. So I can see in your face that you're not very excited about this boundary. Help me understand what it is that you don't like about this. And, and listen to it. Yeah. And take it in and say, yeah, I mean, I, can t- I totally get that. It's still going to be there. I heard you, and and I can I can understand why that would be frustrating. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, uh, doctors Cloud and Townsend are so good in this concept of boundaries and expectations, and uh, we want to make their book "Boundaries for Kids" available to you. We've got it at the website. Um, but here's what we'll do: if you can make a generous donation today of any amount to help focus on the family and what we're doing in equipping parents and in saving marriages, in uh, speaking life to the culture. Uh, Make a donation of any amount, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and we'll send Boundaries for Kids to you as our thank you gift. And then finally, as you work to curb that disrespect, uh, you might want to look into our new launch program that helps your child transition into and then out of the teen years very smoothly. And we'll have details about that and other helpful resources in the show notes. Next time, how to stop that cycle of fighting that can start like clockwork every day right after school. We're going to hear more from Drs. Cloud and Townsend. And for now, on behalf of Danny and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.